Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And welcome indeed to this Monday, March 1st of The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, normally I would say I'm Josh Raymond sitting in for Chuck Neff, but this is my first official day as the host of The Inner Life. If you uh, maybe haven't heard over the last couple of weeks, as Chuck's been mentioning, uh, he has officially retired, and so he gets to spend today at home with his beautiful wife, Judy. Um, and uh, I, I'm just so blessed, and uh, it's such a privilege, such an honor, and very humbling to be able to be here and be able to continue on with the inner life. Uh, I was actually thinking about being the new guy. I had heard, oh, this was, I think years ago, I watched a documentary about the band Chicago. And the original bass player for the band Chicago is Peter Cetera. And in 1985, he left and went on to do a solo career. And when he left, a new bass player stepped in. Uh, his name is Jason Sheff, and he was with the band up until just a few years ago. And he, in this documentary, he had already been with the band for more time than Peter Cetera had during his, his time from founding the band to, to when he left for his solo career. And Jason Sheff ended up saying, even though I've spent more years playing with Chicago, I've done more concerts, more touring, I've been here longer... I still get referred to as the new guy. And I always thought of that uh, as I, I knew that I would be coming in and taking over on the inner life for Chuck. I know I'm the new guy, and I'll probably be referred to as the new guy for quite a while. And that's okay. You know, Chuck, uh, he really did such a marvelous job here of making this show something where you, the listener, have the opportunity to connect with different priests every single day. And he would always start each show by saying that the inner Inner Life is here to give you a little bit of help and a little bit of hope on your faith journey and to let you know that you're not alone. You know, we all go through those ups and downs, those highs and lows in our spiritual life. And so my goal and my hope is to continue exactly what Chuck started here on The Inner Life. And I, I also have been able to read through so many of the comments, hundreds of emails, uh, comments on Facebook and on Twitter that you sent to Chuck over the last week, week and a half. And I saw one email, and I thought this really summed up what a lot of you were saying. And this listener said, I've been a practicing Catholic all of my life, and while I did my best to walk that line of living in the world and trying to be faithful, I spent years in inner turmoil. I suffered depression and unspeakable pain, and it wasn't until about four years ago when a friend suggested that I start listening to Relevant Radio. Listening to your show, The Inner Life, opened a newfound thirst to learn more about my faith. And then it happened. I started to see the world I lived in, and I saw my destination so clearly. The very moment I knew I was finally focused on my inner life, 
my relationship with my Heavenly Father. I was in Mass, and at the moment the priest held up the Eucharist and said, This is my body given up for you. I heard those words deep in my heart. It struck me, and it changed me forever. Now, I hear his words so clearly in Scripture. I pray more deeply. I see through my depression, and I I do not feel like life is a struggle against myself. I live my life knowing that I'm not alone. My Lord is always with me and loves me, and that's more than any worldly thing that I can gain. And that's from Michelle in Texas. And so I, I know on behalf of Chuck, he said it last week, but thank you to all of you who expressed your gratitude, uh, such kind and generous words that you sent through to Chuck. So again, hoping to continue on that, uh, that, that conversation each day that we can go ahead and have that little bit of help, little bit of hope on our faith journey. And today we want to do that by looking at how we can journey with Mary through Lent. And we're going to do that, as always, with the help of one of our spiritual directors. And joining us today is Father Ed Broom. He's a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He's the associate pastor of St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California, and author of three different books, including one that you might be interested in today. It's called The Total Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, Through the Mysteries of the Rosary. And Father Broom, welcome to The Inner Life. So glad to have you here and joining me for my first uh, time hosting The Inner Life as the new host. Thank you so much, Josh. I feel so honored. Also, I'm celebrating my birthday, so I'm pretty happy to be able to start with you, too. So what a great birthday gift for me, too. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so thank it, you. Yeah, now, did you give up any sweets for Lent, or do you get to have cake today? Well, today I'm going to have cake, and really what it is is I, I'm actually 16 and a quarter because I happen to be born on, on leap year, so I don't really celebrate my birthday, <laughs> so I usually celebrate it on, on, the, on the 28th as well as the 1st. I, I, I cheat. So we'll have some cake today, and then we'll go back to my penance tomorrow. <laughs> That's good. I, I've heard that birthdays don't really count during Lent. They're, they're kind of a, a Passover day for most people if you want to have the cake or, you know, whatever your, your little indulgence is there. Unless it's on Sunday. Sunday, we, we can still right. celebrate. Right, right. Celebrate Always the celebrating resurrection. the resurrection. Well, even on Sundays. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, today, looking at how Mary can help us with our Lenten journey, we're at the beginning of the full second week of Lent. We've got about four weeks until Palm Sunday and Holy Week start. We've got about five weeks until Easter. And uh, maybe, you know, as we were talking about here, you, as you're listening, you've given up sweets or caffeine, and you're past those initial withdrawal headaches and cravings. But maybe you're finding yourself in that little bit of a rut. You might have started out ambitious. A lot of us do. You start Ash Wednesday. Maybe it's like a new diet. You know, I'm, I'm really gung-ho about this. I'm ready to get going. But now you're a couple weeks into it. And maybe you had those goals of adding more prayer into your daily routine. And life gets busy. And even with good intentions, you're not doing all the things you want to do. And so how can Mary help us? over this next month as we strive to go grow closer to her and to her son especially. And also want to ask you, when has the Blessed Mother helped you in your faith journey? We'd love to hear how that's transpired in your own life. Um, one of the things I was thinking about, Father Broom, is as we look at the liturgical calendar, we've got two main penitential seasons. We've got Advent and we've got Lent. A lot of times in Advent... It might not feel quite as penitential, but it's easy to journey along with Mary up to the birth of Jesus and Christmas Day. In Lent, 
we really don't see her mentioned that much in Scripture in those those last weeks, months, the last even year of our Lord's life. And we see her just silently then at the foot of the cross. So what's a good way for us to look and say, you know, how can Mary draw us closer to her son? Um, what's, what's a good place to start with that? Great question. You know, Josh, in the book that you mentioned that I wrote, uh, Total Consecration to the Mysteries of the Rosary, um, what I've done in this book is I've gone through the joyful, the luminous, the sorrowful, the glorious mysteries. And actually, the last part of my book is I focus upon the seven sorrows of Mary. I think it would be a great idea if uh, we and our listeners could maybe get to know the, the seven sorrows of Mary. They're very beautiful. And that would be the um, the prophecy of Simeon. Then you have the flight into Egypt. Then you have Jesus lost and found the temple. Then you have um, Mary meets Jesus in the way to his crucifixion, which is actually it's the fourth uh, station of the cross. Then Mary at the foot of the cross. Then Jesus is taken down from the cross and placed in the arms of Mary. Finally, Jesus is buried. I feel um, this is a very, very powerful meditation. And who knows, maybe... Um, our listeners can take one at a time. And what I do in my book is I take each one of them and I make a comment for about two or three pages on each one of these uh, these uh, mysteries, you know, the seven sorrows of Mary. And um, I would also say this, uh, going through the mysteries of the Rosary, the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. And um, one of the reasons why, why I wrote this book, I was inspired by John Paul II, his uh, apostolic letter of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary. John Paul II were called to contemplate the face of Jesus through the eyes and heart of Mary. I love that. To contemplate the face of Jesus through the eyes and, and heart of Mary is um, we tend to, when we pray the Rosary, we move at a pretty fast pace. But uh, this book that I wrote, is I invite people to spend a whole hour on each of these these mysteries so that you can really plumb the depths. So think if we can enter into these, these seven sorrows of Mary and the five mysteries of the rosary. And then, you know, if you like poetry and you like them, the Stabat Mater by Jacoba, sure. Jacoba di Todi is, a, is another beautiful way in which we can enter into the heart of Christ through the heart of Mary through her suffering. So those would be like three practical suggestions I would offer to uh, to our listeners. Yeah. And so when you're talking about spending that time, that uh, hour or uh, so that you're contemplating those mysteries, let's just kind of talk about practically. You know, we, we have uh, different books that are written out there, just like yours. Um, and again, if you're interested in, in this book by Father Broom, it's titled Total Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, Through the Mysteries of the Rosary. But in so many different books, we'll have reflections, but they're usually short little reflections. How do, you, how do you suggest that people might take what is a shorter reflection or just a, a little insight and be able to develop that on their own so that they have more to reflect upon? And I, I'm presuming that I am not the only one out there, that as I'm praying through the rosary, it's easy for my mind to just keep on wandering. You know, I'll... I'll tell myself that mystery at the beginning of the decade, but halfway through the decade, 
I'm thinking about uh, what I've got coming up later today, or what did what did I have to get my kid from the store for their school project, or you know, the, things just get kind of distracted. How can we how can we keep our focus on that meditation as we're trying to see the face of Christ through Mary, as you talked about? That's a great question. Earlier program I had with Chuck, we talked about prayer, and I suggested um, what Pope Ben the Sixteenth said in his work, uh, Verbum Domine, and he suggests a good way to kind of hone in and to derive a lot of fruit is using a method. And he said he suggests what is called Lectio Divina. And he gives these uh, classical steps, Lectio, Meditatio, Contemplatio, um, Oratio e Axio. And I had I had a follow on Transformatio. And those are Latin words which are pretty easy to understand. So when you have that, as you say, Josh, that short passage, maybe you can utilize this method. Meditash, uh, I'm sorry, lectio means read it. Read it and speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. Meditatio would be we imitate Mary. It says that Mary pondered the word of God in her heart. If you go to the Greek, it's ruminate, which actually means, you know, what a cow does when he's chewing the cud. You know, you're going through it, and you're trying to really penetrate the depths of its meaning. Then contemplatio, this is very Ignatian, is you try to imagine that you're in the scene. You imagine you're part of the scene. Ignatius calls it composition of place. You see the persons, the places, the, the scenery. And then after contemplatio, he mentions oratio. In Spanish, oracion would be the, the Spanish prayer, is you open up your heart and you talk to God. And that's the essence of prayer. It's a heart-to-heart dialogue with God, as Cardinal Newman says, a colloquy, a heart-to-heart conversation with God. Then the last would be axio, which would be put into practice. And Mary is a perfect model when you take the the first joyful mystery, and then you have the second joyful mystery. The first joyful mystery, we have Mary, who is the contemplative. There she is in silence, and God sends the archangel Gabriel, and Mary listens, and Mary speaks. And then after Mary has received the word of God in her heart, the incarnate word becomes part of Mary's immaculate heart, then Mary, right away, she goes in haste to, to visit her, her cousin Elizabeth. So she becomes what our lay people are called to be, contemplatives in action. We're all called to be contemplatives in action. What better model than Mary? Those are the five steps that Pope the XVI offers in Verbum Domine, one of his apostolic exhortations, which is a, it's, it's a masterpiece. Then I had a, I had a baker's dozen. Hopefully the Pope will <laughs> okay. give me permission to do this. It's transformatio, which means you have the word transformation that... We can live on no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I would say having, having, having that method can help us to co- avoid being scattered and be, being distracted so much. I, I really like that image uh, as you use that phrase, contemplatives in action, because most of the time when I think of being contemplative, it really is just being off by yourself, having that quiet space, that, that time to where you can really delve in. But not just letting it end there, but being able to take that out and live it out in your life. I really like that idea of us. And that, you know, going back to Mary, as soon as 
she all of a sudden says yes, and she is pregnant. She has Jesus within her, and then she takes it to someone else. She takes Jesus, our Lord, to her cousin and says, how can I help you? Exactly. That's why um, um, Mother Teresa Calcutta says that Mary was actually the first missionary of charity, and that's exactly what Mary did. Mary receives the incarnate word of God in her heart, and she brings Christ to others. John Paul II, in his uh, last document that he wrote on the Eucharist, the mystery of the Eucharist in the Church, he makes this beautiful parallel. He says, Mary's yes, which is her fiat, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be done to me according to thy word, results in the incarnate word taking place in Mary's heart. That's parallel to us when we say amen in receiving Holy Communion because we have the Eucharistic Lord incarnate with, within our own hearts. I love that idea. So mm, yeah. we're called to imitate Mary by receiving the Lord in the Eucharist with great faith, devotion, and love. So our amen is our fiat every time we receive our Lord in the Eucharist. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. that's beautiful. Our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, Father Ed Broom, a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary and associate pastor of St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California. And we're going to take our first break, but want to invite you to call in with your comments with how Mary, uh, when she's helped you on your faith journey, especially as we look at how Mary can go ahead and uh, assist us in growing closer to her son during our Lenten journey. If you'd like to join the program, you can call us 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we'll be back shortly here with more on Mary and journeying with our Blessed Mother through Lent. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. All right, this is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. I'm Josh Raymond here, and so glad to be with you As you're joining us today, and we're looking at journeying with Mary through Lent, how can our Blessed Mother help us as we experience this Lenten season? How can we let her guide us to her son? And we'd love to hear how Mary has worked in your life. When was that time that she helped draw you closer to Jesus? You can call us, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. But again, that phone number, 888-914-9149. And our spiritual director today is Father Ed Broom, a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And Father Broom, as we were talking right before the break about uh, every time we say 
amen there. And we, uh, when we receive the Eucharist, that becomes our own personal fiat. That's, that's where we're imitating Mary and saying yes to receiving our Lord in our life, receiving Jesus in our life. And I was, I, I was thinking about that during the break and how Mary didn't just say yes to all of the good things, to all of the, you know, uh, there, there's the fun moments, there's the happy moments, the joyful moments that she knew would come along with a child. But she said yes to all of the suffering that went along with that as well. And that's something that I think a lot of times we think, well, if we're in a good position, and, and we, so, we see this even with Jesus uh, in his life where there was the blind beggar, and people said, well, what, what did he do wrong or what did his parents do wrong that he's been cursed with blindness? And uh, Jesus says that no, he nor his parents did anything wrong. He's been blind from birth so that God can be glorified. And so as I'm thinking about how do we say yes to Jesus, how do we say yes and follow Our Lady's example that it's not just yes during the good times, kind of like when uh, married couples take their, their wedding vows in sickness and in health for better or for worse. When we say yes, how can we live that out and look at Our Lady of saying yes, not just to the good things, but also to the suffering that's going to come along with it? Well, I would say this. Um as um, as Catholics, followers of Christ, we believe truly that suffering has value in as much as we're united to Christ. I'd like to tell an anecdote. In uh, 1976, uh, I was in my second year at, at Villanova University in Philadelphia, and it was in summer, and there was a Eucharistic Congress. And I went there, and I was visiting some of the tables of some of the apostolates. They stopped at one. There was a man who's probably 28 years old sitting at a booth. And um, he had a big sign that said, Apostle of Suffering. And I was intrigued. I said, what the heck is this, Apostle of Suffering? You know, catechesis, focalades, uh, Yes, uh, Legion of Mary, the Charismatic, yeah, but Apostle of Suffering. So being intrigued, I drew close to the man, and he was sitting in a wheelchair, probably about 28. I said, excuse me, what does this mean, Apostle of Suffering? And he said, well, about a year ago, I got in a car accident, and I'm paralyzed. And through prayer and consultation, I recognized that um, my apostolate is to take my suffering, united to Jesus and Mary, and offer it for the conversion of sinners and the sanctification of the church. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Then I started to read um, Padre Pio and Sister Josefa Menendez, and I started to read the whole idea of the victim soul. And um, you know, Josh, what's helped me in my life with respect to Marian devotion is um, the biblical passage, yes, but I I just love the message of Fatima. Lourdes well, also, but Fatima, yeah. yes. I, I, I was going to say that actually is what, what just came to mind when you said that this gentleman that you encountered, 
he said, uh, I, I need to offer my suffering for the conversion of sinners. That's exactly what came to my mind was those three shepherd children of Fatima and Our Lady saying, pray rosaries for the conversion of sinners. Yes, and not only that, but she said to Jacinta, uh, Francis and Lucia, you probably remember, Josh, she said, look, many sinners are lost because people do not pray and offer up sacrifices. So, you know, for us... Uh, to really arrive at the heart of God is prayer and sacrifice. Here's an image. Um, I was taking a walk one day uh, to get a little bit of rest, and I and I noticed that there was a, a blackbird, a crow, in front of me. And as I got closer, the blackbird didn't take off. And I thought maybe I've got this, you know, this latent Franciscan charism within me, <laughs> even though I'm an oblate. <laughs> but it turned out they did, I didn't have that. But the blackbird had a broken wing. Uh-huh. So uh, the blackbird started to descend upon trying to defend his wife, flew off. Um, but this was a thought that occurred to me. For us to fly high in the spiritual life, and this is very appropriate for Lent, we must have two wings, the wing of prayer and the wing of penance. And that's exactly what Our Lady of Fatima said. We've got to pray, we've got to do penance. And also, Lourdes, she said to Bernadette, hey, look, we've got to we, we gotta pray, and we have to offer up a lot of penances. So I think they're part and parcel of the gospel message, but especially Lent. So, uh, yes, uh, Mary suffered so much. We want, she wants us not to, not to waste our suffering because, technically, suffering is neutral. It's neither good nor bad, but if we can unite it, to Jesus on the cross and Mary at the foot of the cross, and this is a this is a clincher. Place it on the altar in the mass, mm. and when the priest lifts up the host and lifts up the chalice, which I do every day, we're lifting up we're lifting up the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ to the heavenly Father for the salvation of the world. And JP two says every time we celebrate mass, Mary is present there in every mass as she was there at Calvary. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. That is. And, and I love the idea of community. I mean, this year, I think more than ever, with entering Lent, last year, about halfway through, it seemed like everything kind of shut down with COVID. But uh, this year, starting out still here with so many different uh, restrictions on being able to gather, being able to go into churches, and people isolated— having that idea of community that we're not alone, that we're able to offer for the conversion of sinners, have that prayer and that penance, that we unite to the mystical body of Christ. Uh, I, I, I really love that that idea, that image there. Our spiritual director today, Father Ed Broom, and uh, the phone number you can call to join the program if you'd like to talk about how Mary has helped you grow closer to Christ, her son, uh, or how Mary has helped you in your Lenten journey. Well, we'd love to go ahead and welcome you to the program. The number 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Dana, who's listening in Roseville, California. Hi, Dana. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi there, Josh and Father Broom. Um, Father Broom, I uh, purchased your book a couple years ago, The Total Consecration, Through the Mysteries of the Rosary. And I've been Catholic my whole life. And for some reason, I just really have struggled with Mary, not for any particular reason, but I just really was having a, a difficult connection, and I 
in the last 10 years have been just praying to God, help me know your mother and why am I having such a hard time? And just in the last number of years, the rosary has been so instrumental in just coming to me in so many ways. Fatima is one. And the book that you um, wrote was so great. And I think what helped me the most is the reflections that you write um, were very good at helping us to draw ourselves um, closer to Mary and Jesus and Joseph in our day. And I'll just give one example that just really helped me so much. And I think it's helpful um, for people going through their Lenten journey as well. And it was uh, Joyful Mysteries, and you have a reflection that talks about no room at the end. And I'll just read the first two sentences. And it just says, rejection is painful. Instead of growing angry, resentful, or bitter about it, Mary and Joseph humbly accept it. Have you ever been rejected by anybody? And it continues on. But during that time, I was going through a very difficult time when I was reading this. And, you know, rejection wasn't necessarily my biggest thing, but that happens to us in our day pretty regularly. You know, you have somebody cut you off on the road or just the kind of things that happen. And I found that I thought, gosh, I am not above that, that moment where the Holy Family is trying to bring our Savior into the world and door is closed and closed. And they just kept being faithful and humble and accepted it. And to me, during Lent, when we have those little sufferings that we can remember, like the Holy Family in this particular instance, but there's loads of them in your reflections that are so beautiful, that I found myself for days and days just when somebody would do something that would offend me. And I'm a mother of six, so it's not always a glory, you know, for me all the time to get kids that cooperate or what have you. And I found that I was able to say those words, I guess I have no room at the end. And it would draw me back into that mystery and walking with Our Lady and St. Joseph as they're trying to um, follow God's plan for them, excuse me, follow his plan for them faithfully. And I'm just so grateful for this book. I've given it as gifts, and it is just so beautiful and as far as consecrations go, I've done the 33 Days to Morning Glory, but this one is a great one for people who maybe are just trying to make sense of what a consecration is. Doing it through the rosary with these reflections, it is so beautiful and so powerful and so tangible in our day. And I think this could just help people's Lenten journey so much and beyond for us to really walk um more humbly and grow in virtue as we um, try to link arms with um, Our Lady and the Holy Family. So I just want to say thank you for writing this book. And also, Josh, thank you for carrying the torch for the inner life. I love this show, and I was glad to see it wasn't going to go away after Chuck left. So thank you to both of you. Oh, that, that's beautiful. Thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts there, Dana. And Father Broom, uh, as she's talking about, one of the things that stood out in Dana's comments, she was saying when we encounter those little sufferings in our life, I know those are the ones for me that I can actually get more upset about. You know, if there's something that's big that's happening, all of a sudden I just find myself saying, okay, well, I've got to deal with this, and so I need to keep my calm, keep my cool. 
and move through it. But if it's something small that, for whatever reason, it's out of my control, but it happens, those are the ones where I say, (laughs) that's the frustration. That's the one where I just get annoyed and let it maybe get to me more. And don't keep my calm. Don't keep my composure. Um, And we are called, not just in the big moments, but in those little sufferings to offer those to our Lord as well. Beautiful. This is the thought that occurred to me. One of the um, most important elements of the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary is that Mary Mary is the daughter of God the Father, Mary is the mother of God the Son, but also Mary is the mystical spouse of the Holy Spirit. Mary had an intimate union with the Holy Spirit. In this sense, the Immaculate Conception was the working of the Holy Spirit. The virginal conception of Jesus within the womb of Mary was the work of the Holy Spirit. The birth of the church, which took place 50 days after Easter, which was Pentecost, is the work of the Holy Spirit. And Mary was present in those three very, very important moments. And just this is my, this is my thought. We all get these contradictions, so I wrote that because that's a, a common phenomenon of every person in the world, whether or not he's a believer or not. But what happens is... Um, uh, I use uh, Ignatian terminology now. You have a two standards in that moment. Two standard means this. Say, for example, you're cut off, as Dana said, you're cut off on the road. Okay, there's two reactions. The, the carnal reaction is to, to cuss that person out. And that's often the impulsive, impetuous reaction of the fallen, our fallen state, to, you know, to cuss that person off. But then, and you'll have that thought. Then the other thought will be, well, Mary and Joseph were rejected uh, more than once, even before Jesus was born. They're rejected. Okay, instead of getting angry at that person who cut me off, well, that person probably had a tough day. What I'll do is, okay, I'll pray three Hail Marys for that person, and then I'll also offer my suffering for a soul in purgatory, or maybe a deathbed sinner. Maybe there's someone that's dying now that is, that is, whose soul is in real jeopardy. I'll offer it in that way. So, uh, Josh, what I'm saying is this, is, um, is that Mary was so united with the Holy Spirit from the moment of her Immaculate Conception, the virginal conception, the whole public life of Christ, that ascended the Holy Spirit until she, she was assumed into heaven, Never once did Mary reject even the slightest inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And in our case, you know, we this could be a good, a good Lenten proposal to try to be more, uh, more docile, more humble, and receptive to the inspirations that God that, that God sends to us. And sometimes God sends us the cross instead of accepting that we reject it. So that would be a that would be one another highlighted devotion to Mary is that Mary will will bring us to a deeper union with with, with the Holy Spirit. If you've ever read True Devotion to Mary of Saint Louis de Montfort, he says, "Those who love Mary, the Holy Spirit flings himself into those souls, no? <laughs> like a frisbee, <laughs> flings himself into those souls." So that uh, that I think is key. Otherwise, we. Either we live by the flesh or we live by the Spirit. And I think we're probably in between the two extremes. 
Mary was totally imbued by the, by the Spirit from the very moment of her Immaculate Conception until she was assumed into heaven. And I'd have to say this. Mary is more active in heaven than she was on earth. You know, we, have to, we have to think about that. Mm. Mary's not inactive. Mary is just as active, I'd say more active now in heaven than she was on earth because she's the mother of the mystical body of Christ, which is the church. The church, we're part of the church. We're the members of the church. Mary loves us very much, and she wants us to help to um, to get to heaven. So that could be a good proposal to to try to connect ourselves to more and more of the Holy Spirit. I coined a very short prayer, which is easy to memorize, and it's this. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Uh, That's beautiful. And, And, you know, as you're talking about allowing Mary to... Help us be that example to be more docile, and uh, it takes me back to that phrase again, contemplatives in action, allowing ourselves to really reflect on what Mary has done and how she was receptive to the Holy Spirit, and we can be the same way and let the Holy Spirit then, through us, help to transform our world. Um, Our spiritual director today, Father Ed Broom, a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, and uh, we're going to take our next break, but we want to invite you into the conversation, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149, and we're going to get to Gloria. You're up next. Uh, Lisa, you're on deck as well. We'll try and get to your phone calls here in just a moment. And this is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond here along with our spiritual director, Father Ed Broom, a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, and uh, looking at how Mary can help us during our Lenten journey here over the next month as we look ahead towards Holy Week and the Triduum and Easter. And we'd love to invite you, if Mary has had an impact on your Lenten journey, how has that happened? When was that time that Mary helped you draw closer to her son? The number to call, 888-914-9149. That's 888 888- 9149149 or you can email innerlife at relevantradio.com and let's go to Gloria she's listening to Relevant Radio in San Diego hi Gloria welcome to the inner life hi so i first of all i want to say i so appreciate this program i just listen to it all the time this is my first time to call i'm a little nervous usually i listen to you on the app but this is my story not necessarily that mary helped me on my lenten journey but when she answered my prayers so about eight years ago in my church, they offered a workshop on Father Gately's uh, 30 Days to Morning Glory. And I went to the workshop, and I just, I, 
I, I realized now, I guess I was at such a different place. I've grown since then. I just wasn't ready to consecrate myself to Mary. And the leader of the workshop, he says, well, if not now, you know, you don't have to, no pressure. I just at the time could not commit to saying the daily rosary, which I'm ashamed to say. Okay, I just wasn't ready. So in the meantime, my daughter, maybe, I don't know, right now, I guess maybe about 16 years ago, had gotten married. And she got married out of the Catholic Church. I won't go into the details on that. She married a guy who was um, baptized in the Catholic Church, but not practicing at all. So they got married out of the church. Great bother to me. Great bother to me. And uh, in the meantime, I see her. She is going to church. She um, baptized her children. She is taking them to church. And I say to her, honey, why don't you... I won't mention his name. I'll just make it up. Why don't you and Tom have your marriage convalidated? Because you're already doing all the things. You're raising the kids in the church. You're practicing. And she said, well, I did write to the priest, she says, and asked him what I needed to do, but I never heard from him. And Tom is willing to do this, he says, but that he will never take classes. So I pray and I pray. In the meantime, I, I start a Catholic book club for women, for my for friends. and. I suggest we do the book, The 30 Days to Morning Glory. This time, when I'm reading it, I'm really touched by it, and I decide I'm going to consecrate myself to Mary. I am going to say the rosary. I'm going to commit to that. And while I was waiting to do that when we all did it together, when we were going to consecrate themselves, and I was on my walk, and I thought, you know what? I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait until we meet again. I'm going to consecrate myself to Mary today, and I'm going to commit to saying the daily rosary. Well, in the meantime, we had I had written to my daughter, and I said, what do you think if we come, your, your dad and I come to visit you on such this weekend, because she lives out of state. I receive a call from her, and she said, Mom, she says, I was going to suggest that maybe you would like to come the week after that, she says, because Tom and I are going to have our marriages convalidated. And the day that I had consecrated myself to Mary, and I start crying, I I cry every time I think about it. And she says, well, it's a good thing, isn't it? And I said, yes, honey, it is. It is a good thing. And I said, how did you do that? She says, well, I went and looked it up, and she says, and they were offering the classes online, and Tom, her husband, is a computer guy, and so they did the classes online, and so then my husband and I drove out there, and we witnessed the convalidation of the marriage, and I just feel that Mary answered my prayers. I'm sorry if you don't understand me. Because oh, no, no, no. I, I can absolutely understand you. And, and uh, that's such a beautiful story, Gloria. Um, and uh, Father Broom, uh, Mary, you know, when we bring our, our requests to her, uh, it's basically the same formula that Jesus tells us. You know, he, he says, uh, when two or three of you are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of you. But also that if you ask anything in my name, if it's the will of God, I will answer that. And obviously, this is the will that uh, of God that Gloria's uh, daughter and son-in-law would be able to have their marriage convalidated and be able to fully receive the sacraments in the church. And Mary didn't waste any time on that, did she? Yes, it's beautiful. The thought that occurred to me <clears throat> is John chapter 2, where we have... Uh, Jesus and Mary present at the, this wedding feast of Cana. And Mary, with her attentive maternal eye, recognized that there's a problem. 
problem that could be very embarrassing in which there's no wine. And Mary turns to Jesus and says, Son, there's no more wine. And Jesus says, uh, What's that to me, woman? My hour has not arrived. And then Mary says the last words that we have recorded of Mary in sacred scripture in John chapter 2. Mary says, Do whatever he tells you. We know what happened. They brought the six stone jars filled to the brim, and Jesus turns this water into wine. So in a certain sense, with Gloria, this the water was turned into wine. <laughs> I see that uh, it was kind of like a miracle of grace, but it came through the intercession of Mary. And we see we see one of, one of the beautiful uh, works of Mary is that Jesus is the only mediator between the Father and the Son, but Mary is a mediatrix. As uh, John Paul II and St. Louis de Montfort points out, Mary is the mediatrix of all graces. So all the graces come to us from the throne of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but they pass through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She's like an aqueduct. She's like a bridge. One of the fathers of the Church says that Jesus is the head of the mystical body. We're the members, and Mary is the neck. <laughs> So Mary's the neck that connects the head with the members. So Mary works so many miracles, and as you see in the case of glory, it, happened, it seemed to happen so quickly in such, yeah. such a beautiful way once she consecrated herself to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, I love what, what de Montfort says. Mary is the, the quickest, the easiest, the shortest, the efficacious pathway to Christ is through the heart of Mary. So that's a, that's a beautiful story, and hopefully... All of our listeners will try to live out a Lent. They're, they're walking step in step with the Blessed Virgin Mary. You can't go wrong. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Gloria, so glad to have you here on The Inner Life today. And hopefully it won't be your only call, even though it's your first call. Hopefully we'll hear from you again. Uh, let's try and take one more phone call. We've got Lisa, Lisa listening in Temecula, California. Lisa, we've only got just a, a minute or two here, but wanted to try and get you on the air before uh, the hour wrapped up. Oh, thank you, Josh. Well, you know what? I just wanted to call real quick and let you know, you know, I'm a convert. Um, I've been Catholic for about 27 years, but I never really had that relationship with Mary, never really prayed the rosary. Um, it just wasn't something that I was connected to. And um, and during this pandemic, being so isolated, um, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law started um getting us together and saying, hey, let's pray the rosary every day at 3 o'clock. And so my mother-in-law lives in the Bay Area. My sister-in-law is in Minnesota. I have another sister-in-law in Ohio. And then um, my husband's aunt, who's 90, is in Reno. And at 3 o'clock, we all get on the phone through this pandemic, and we have been praying the rosary. And it has just been so beautiful because I didn't know how to pray the rosary. And I was so nervous the first time that I prayed it. And at the end of December, you know, I've been having some health issues and I really needed to change my eating habits. And I just, I just prayed to Mary. I said, Mary, if you really are listening, if you're hearing our prayers, please help me to be able to um, abstain from, abstain from sugar, from dairy, from bread, and from alcohol. And I live in the wine country. <laughs> so, you know, it's, and that can be a challenge. Um, but do you know that 
I have no cravings for the sugar, the alcohol, the bread, nothing. I am, I've lost like 12 pounds, and every morning I wake up, I just go, thank you, Mary, because I know she's heard my prayer, and she's helped me to be able to do this for my own health. And um, I'm just so grateful for this rosary because we all get together, you know, every day and hear about each other's day and stay connected. My mother-in-law is 87. God bless her. And she's just a rock in the faith. And, um, and my sister-in-law in, um, in Minnesota and my aunt in, in Marino. I mean, they're just beautiful. And I'm just so grateful We can we can hear that in your voice, Lisa, and uh, I'm so glad that 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 has been a silver lining of COVID for you that you've been able to develop that relationship and that devotion to our Blessed Mother and Father Broom. We're down to just about a minute and a half here to go, so I want to give you an opportunity to comment on Lisa's call here before we have to wrap up. Okay. Actually, I got cut off for about 30 seconds, but I think I got the gist of uh, what she was saying, that she said she was connecting, praying the rosary with a lot of relatives throughout right. the country. And she said that she's struggling with some, some health issues, and she asked the Blessed Mother for help. Then Mary uh, intervened. I, w- I would say that's beautiful. You, you see how Mary is able to help us uh, with our health issues, also um, in our struggles overcome certain maybe bad tendencies that we have within us. Mary's a universal mother, no? Yeah. You know, St. Therese says Mary is queen, but more than queen, she's our mother. She's our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So uh, God bless you. I hope that all of your listeners just love Mary and have a very fruitful Lent through the presence of Mary in this holy season of Lent. Right. Father Ed Broom, our spiritual director, and we're down to just about 10 seconds here. Can I ask you to give our listeners a final blessing here as we round out the show? Yes. Through the intercession of Mary Most Holy and our Immaculate Heart, may God bless you with peace, joy, long life, and eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, Father Ed Broom, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your birthday as you celebrate today. Thank you for being here on The Inner Life with us. We have Holy Mass coming up next with Father Daniel Schuster as the celebrant. So stay right here for that, and we'll see you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.